Father, we give you praise. Thank you for your work in our lives. Thank you for the entrance of your spirit. Thank you because you are transforming us. Thank you because you are doing a new work in our individual lives. Thank you, Lord, that as a result of it, you are making us become more and more like the Lord Jesus. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's open quickly to page three. We want to sit down now, but before we do that, let's just declare the word of understanding. It's on page three of the magazine in our hands. We use this to activate um, what God is doing in our lives by cooperating with what he is doing with our words. The power of our confession is very important. Just like Pastor Kemuti was preaching earlier, he led us in prayer to ask for the word of God to come to our individual hearts today. So we are declaring this as a matter of faith that God has answered us and is doing something in our lives. You believe that? Give me an amen. Amen. All right, let's declare the word. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. His Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. As you have declared, so will understanding come to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. The word will enter your heart. Amen. It will give you light. It will give you direction. Amen. It will heal you in every area. Amen. And it will make you more and more like the Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, can you greet two, three people on your left and your right? Tell the person you are very wise. God's wisdom is your portion. Right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Let's open our Bibles quickly. Our school of prayer. We are learning how to pray and learning to say the things that are important in prayer. Let's open to the book of Philippians chapter 1. I want us to just read something here. We have been, a few meetings ago, we began to look at different prayers with which we are dedicating ourselves to God, dedicating ourselves to the precepts of God dedicating ourselves to walking in his will for our lives. Uh, we talked about uh, the will of God. We dedicated ourselves to the will of God. I said that time many Christians don't even realize that God has a specific purpose for their lives. There are two questions God asks people. We took two important, two crucial questions. He asked different people at different times. One, he asked Adam, where are you? Physically, Adam was ordained to be in a particular place, but Adam was not there. And when God got there, he asked Adam, where are you? And Adam, understanding the principle, answered elaborately. But before, before we talk about the answer of Adam again, remember the other question he asked was to Elijah. After Elijah had won victory against the prophets of Baal, he ran away and went to hide in a particular cave away from the threats of Jezebel. God asked him, what are you doing here? Those are two important questions. Adam answered the second one when God asked him the first one. All right, maybe you understood what the Lord was saying. He said, I heard the sound of your voice, and then I hid myself because I was naked. God asked, where are you? Because he was supposed to be somewhere. And any time we are not where we are supposed to be, heaven is actually asking, where are you? And one question you should ask yourself all the time is, where am I? I said, the easy way to answer the first question is actually to answer the second one. 
whatever you are in life, sit down with God's word and analyze why you are there. Let's even talk about um, the church where I am. Okay? Question is, where are you? Okay, say, okay, I am in, uh, what's the name of your church again? <laughs> uh, uh, Reverend Okimuti International Ministries meeting on Sunday mornings and Friday evenings. <laughs> okay, you know, say, what are you doing here? It's important. Some people go to church, it's a good networking zone. Oh, yes, the big boys in town come to the church. The big women, that's where they go. That's where I sell my things. You understand? If I want my business to move, if I want that contract, <laughs> there are people who can't leave a church because their ogre goes there. Because if you leave the church, <laughs> ogre will sack you. Do you understand? And so I say, what are you doing here? I say, I'm protecting my job. And you should know the kind of answer <laughs> that if you give, the Lord will have to, you know, deal with you properly. You have to learn to, you know, to give the proper answer. When I say proper noun, you must tell the truth. One of the things... Christians must learn to do in life is to tell the truth to yourself. It's very important. You must learn to tell the truth to yourself in life. Then you must learn to tell the truth to other people also. But now I'm talking about telling the truth to yourself, especially when you are talking to God. Let me tell you something about God. You can't lie to Him. Anytime you are lying to Him, you are lying to yourself. Anytime God asks you a question, He's not asking you a question. He's not asking for His own information. He's asking for your information. When He says to Adam, where are you? You think he didn't know where Adam was? The Bible makes it clear everything is open before him. Yes. Why did he ask Adam that question? He wanted Adam to know where he was. Are you getting my point? Mm-hmm. When Elijah was in the cave, when God said, what are you doing here? You think God didn't know what he was doing there? The Lord knew what he was doing there. He wanted Elijah to know what he was doing there. It's so crucial. He wanted Elijah to know what he was doing there. So one of the things we must learn to do is answer truthfully. Because God is not trying to get information. He's trying to expose ourselves to us. He's not trying to get information. He wants you to know. So if you are going to a church, be honest. When you sit down to pray, don't even kneel down. Sit down on the floor. Just sit. Say, Lord, let us talk. You know, I'm in this church. <laughs> I like the way they dance. I like to dance. You know, I'm in this church. I believe that since the regional manager of Airtel comes here, regional manager of GT Bank attends this church, regional manager of Dangote Cement attends this church, they are business opportunities. What are you doing here? Well, I find a good wife. You never can tell. What are you doing here? Those are the things that the Lord says, tell the truth. Look, if you can open your heart and tell the truth, God will be able to help you. Of course, all these things I've said, they are sinful answers. If that's what you are doing there, you are sinning against God. That's all these answers that I've given. None of them is right. There are two reasons you should be in a church. Some people say that God spoke to me to go to the church. Well, if God spoke to you to come, maybe he needs to speak to you to leave. But some people tell me that God has not spoken to me to leave. Well, not a problem, except that I didn't tell them to come in the first place. One day, one of our brothers, he was leaving a church which another of our brothers started. So he wrote to the brethren. that this, He was trying to tell everybody, this is what I'm leaving. So he wrote a letter to that person, I'm leaving your church, and he copied the, some brethren. So one of our brothers said that the problem I have with this letter is that he didn't send us a copy when he was joining. <laughs> the Lord is good. So like I was saying, you need to answer that question. There are two reasons why you go to churches. One, of course, the Lord will have told you, go here, whatever. But generally, let's assume the Lord didn't speak to you and it's your spirit that is speaking to you. There are two reasons why you go to a church. One, you are being blessed one way or another. And two, 
you are blessing somebody. That is, you are useful. I've not found the third reason. Some go say that I want the cover of the man of God. That's a very stupid answer. It's a very stupid answer. So I believe in the grace. That is, there's a grace of breakthrough upon this church. It's nonsense answer. There are some rubbish answers you hear Christians give. Say there's a grace. What is a grace? Once you remember of this church, you will make progress. That's an idolatrous answer. It's idolatry. You are replacing Christ with some things. You are breaking the third commandment. Many people don't realize it. It's just two things. One, you are being blessed. I don't mean <laughs> you are being blessed with the dancing, no. I mean you are being blessed with the word of God that is coming forth. You are being blessed with the flow of the spirit in the place. And two, you are being a blessing to people. Very important. That is the second reason. You are being a blessing. You are contributing. You are exercising your gift and blessing the body of Christ. Those are the two things. Okay? So, John, I'm just emphasizing again. What are you doing here? So, it can also apply to the churches we attend. What are you doing here? The country you live in, the city you live in is very important. He said, what are you doing here? I've come here to make money. That is, again, a very wrong answer. No. You don't say, ah, I have left where I am. I've come here. Why? Because I want to make money. That is a wrong answer. But you see, when I say it's a wrong answer now, if that is the truth, tell it to God. Are you getting my point? Um, but I'm just trying to say, align your life so that that's not the kind of answer you'll be giving to the Lord. What are you doing here? You should check, okay, this is how I got here. I believe this is where, let me summarize it. I'm not discussing in details now. I believe that this is where the Lord wants me to be in this season. James said, don't ever say, we'll go to this place, do such and such a business, and we'll make money. You know, experience has shown me that that James was right. You know, sometimes you read the Bible, you know, you just believe what is written there. But over time, I knew that what James said is correct. Hey, I'm saying many things. Let me just drop it for you. If somebody says, do this one, you will make money. Don't answer the person. There's a way we are supposed to reason as believers. What I've told you, don't answer the person. Do this one, it makes money. Once that's the thing they tell you, just find something else to say. Tell the person, find me something else. Let me tell you, 99% of those who respond to such invitations, not only don't they make money, they lose money. Very important point. Like I was saying, what are you doing here? Don't say, I'm just going over here to go and make money. Whatever I am in life, it is because I believe that is where God wants me to be. I'm saying all of this because we prayed two meetings ago, our school of prayer, on dedicating ourselves to the will of God, to the plan of God for our lives. God actually has a plan. Let's remind ourselves of that. God actually has what? A plan. It's not, um, you know, it's real. It's not an imagination. It is real. It is very, very real. It matters to him where you go. It matters to him who you relate with. Does it matters to him? No, it's beyond that. He has a plan concerning where you will go. He has a plan concerning who you relate with. He has a plan. There is a plan he has, and it is your responsibility to deliberately, through prayer, seek to fit yourself into his plan. Please, I know many people are asking again. It always comes, how do I now know? You see as we go on. It, many times it is not like, okay, I prayed, the Lord spoke to me. I've heard, today I still heard another, the Lord spoke to me, which I said, no, the Lord didn't say that. I heard that one today. A man is making a decision, very terrible decision. Why are you doing it? He said, the Lord spoke to him. See, the Lord does not say such things. You should understand some principles. The Holy Spirit does not use Indian hemp. There are statements that is only those who smoke 
that make them. Truly. Unless the Lord just made up his mind that will confuse you till you die. In which case, he won't say to you by himself. He will send an evil spirit. He will say, who will go and entice Ahab? So he might go to Ramoth Gilead and perish there. The one evil spirit will say, I will be what? A lying spirit. So what I'm saying is, so people sometimes are looking out for that. But that's not what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, listen, if you walk by the right precepts, if you walk by the right principles, you will locate yourself in the center of God's will for you all the time. Very important. That's why it was last time when I spoke about praying concerning faithfulness. I feel like saying to us again, faithful people are very few. God, now listen to this, oh, what I'm about to say, oh, very important, listen to this. God lacks, uh, which word do I use now? I don't want to use the word lacks or in need. God is in need. He lacks resources currently. Is it, how can he, the most important of his resources is people? And I'm telling you, faithful people are very hard to find. And God said, the people I use, they come in one category. They are the called, chosen, and faithful. Many people are called, few are chosen. Amongst the few that are chosen, even fewer are faithful. And God cannot use people who are not faithful. He may temporarily ride them for a while, use them for something small, but ultimately his purpose cannot be fulfilled through people who are not faithful. When I say God lacks resources, that's what I mean. He said it himself. I sought for a man I did not find. He shouted, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah was surprised. He was really surprised that there was no response. That's why he now shouted, ah, if nobody will go, can I go? So he said to the Lord, here I am, send me. The point is that God finds it hard to find people. Let me say it again. Because his God does not mean he'll just get up and do something. And people will just appear. Faithful people, no. That is one thing that he has left for us. We are the ones that will decide whether we'll be faithful or will not be faithful. We have a responsibility. Listen, I said that last time. Let me just say it again. Faithful people are decided when they have to make difficult decisions. The faithfulness of individuals is decided when we have to make decisions. Many times they are painful decisions. Many times they are things that we would rather not do. If possible, can this cross pass over me? Important. Jesus got to the, uh, uh, the garden. He prayed that prayer. If it is possible, let this cross pass over me. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He said, shall I say, Father, deliver me from this hour? He said, but for this cause, I came to this hour. Faithfulness is determined when we have to make important decisions. Faithfulness is determined when things are hard. It's never determined when things are, you know, when everything is balanced. It is determined when things are difficult. That is why you've heard my campaign against Pentecostal marriage vows. I was okay with it. Did you ever give those funny marriage vows? Uh, did you administer it anywhere? Are you sure? Tell the truth very seriously. <laughs> Pentecostal vows for today we shall be one. I don't believe in none of those vows. Say the way the, the traditional church way. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. That is, people say you are confessing negatively. No, 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 no. That is when faithfulness is determined. We should understand that. That is when faithfulness is determined. 
there was a time Epaphroditus fell sick, so he wants his wife to leave him. Are you getting my point? Paul said it as poor, yes, making many rich. You want Peter's wife to leave him at that time. You know Peter had a wife? Yeah. You know he had a wife? Yes, What's the name of his wife? <laughs> ah, you don't know. Ah, you don't know. I should have told you. It's Mrs. Peter. Look at him. <laughs> no, no, the meaning of it. We know because Paul referred to it. We know because Jesus went to his house, prayed for his mother-in-law. Now, the point I'm making is that as a preacher, he had things rough. That's why it related to what Paul said, as Paul yet making many rich. We should his wife leave him at that time. It's not a negative confession. It's a, con- it's a consecration that no matter how things are, no matter what happens, I will never, ever be unfaithful. That's what it means. Faithful people are very hard to find. Nigeria has very few faithful people. Oh, Nigeria has very few. That is, people that, who are faithful to God in the matters of the nation, they are very, very few. They always believe that once everything is not going the way somebody, I don't know who it was, is it, who the person is, where somebody is supposed to make it look very nice, then that's it. We'll find a better country. They run away to Moab. You know what I'm talking about? Faithfulness means that things may not be as smooth as I want them to be, but there is something, there is a cause, there is a principle, there is an instruction that I have learned from God's word that I must stick by. That's faithfulness. And Paul said, it was when God found me faithful that he pushed me into a ministry, that he committed to me a ministry. Like I'm saying to you again, faithful people are very hard to find. But that's not my emphasis. My emphasis is that let's fill the gap. God said, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am. Send me. <laughs> of course, Isaiah had answered that the God said, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Immediately, he shouted. Ah, he looked to the left and said, nobody. Okay, can I do it? That's what I'm going to emphasize to us. All of us must determine to be faithful. Let me say it again. It's expensive. That's how it is. It's expensive. It's humiliating. Remember humiliating? Your mates will achieve things, you will not achieve it. That is, if you judge life on the physical level, faithfulness is expensive. It is. It is. But that, that's what Christianity is. I feel like saying to us again, let's please for a moment, let's forget this Christianity that is preached to us as if God is just a problem solver. You know, people jump. <laughs> people jump from one church to the other looking for a solution. Have you heard that thing before? They are looking for what? Solution. I hope you know that's a very, 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 very satanic reason to move around. You know what you're supposed to be looking around for? Righteousness. The word of God. The word of righteousness. How to conform yourself to the will of God. My wife and I were discussing this morning. I was talking about other gods. That Jesus, that is, Christ Jesus is not like other gods. Now, can I take five minutes and explain that? I'm getting to the message of today. Don't worry. We'll get there in a moment. I'm saying this because people jump from one place and looking for a solution. Christ Jesus is not like other gods. As a young man, you know, I learned most of my culture, that is African culture, from hearing people talk, of course, and watching TV. Now, you can be a witness to this. If you know anything about the gods we serve and all those native African gods, we only talk to them when we have problems to solve or want to prevent problems. There's no other dedication beyond that one. We have some regular sacrifices, quite all right. But we don't go to them to learn 
how to live. Think about it. We have a few abominations. We have a few things people are not supposed to do. But they usually things like masquerade is coming out. A woman is not supposed to look. You don't plant your ear facing this side. Plant it facing this side. We have a few things, you know, born out of. But then we never go to, look. The Babalao, the Dibia, never had teaching sessions. Where are you coming from? We are coming from, from Shrine Study. <laughs> Oracle Study. And the, 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 the DBA will stand and be giving us instructions on what the gods are saying. No. It will come and say, why did the crop not produce? Then he will tell you, come back tomorrow. Then he will do the, what, what is all, the only thing he ever says is, you need to sacrifice goat. You forgot to sacrifice last month's goat. It's never more than that. And that's what many Christians do till today. They have turned Jesus Christ to the, is the idol of the Christians. That's all he is. So they are handling the same way. When you come to church, is solve my problem. I come and tell you what the problem is. And then you will tell me the offering to use to solve it. Are you seeing what we are doing in church today? That, that's all we do today. That's why we are always being parted from our money. It's not the, False prophet's fault. It's not the uninformed pastor's fault. It is our fault. It's our fault. We came from the shrine and brought the shrinic, the shrinic principles. We brought it into Christianity, in which all we are trying to do is to solve problems. And the way you solve problems is what? Sacrifices. So when we thought about it, this your Jesus does not collect goats. This your Jesus does not collect sheep. It does not collect palm oil. Those are the ones our gods, our normal gods collect. Palm oil, yam, white cloth, white fowl, thank you. All those things. Jesus doesn't collect it. So we thought about it. We pastor just decided that he must be collecting money, therefore. <laughs> we monetize it. So we start saying funny things like today you will do something dangerous. <laughs> what is the only dangerous thing we are supposed to be doing? It's not money. Verily, verily, I say unto you, is idol worship. We brought idol worship to Christianity. There was one thing that made Judaism unique when God gave Moses the law. You know, God said something to them. He said through Moses that, which nation has such laws as this? Which nation has a God so close as this? What was he trying to say? One of the things Israel had was what they called teaching priests. The priests in Israel were not just people who offered sacrifices. They were supposed to know the law. Their primary duty was to teach the law. Are you getting my point? So that's why God used to get angry. One of the things that used to annoy me is that the priests did not know the law. The prophets did not know God. That is, the idea is that the priests and the prophets were supposed to teach. They were not supposed to help you live your life. The idea is not a prophet. Please, I'm traveling tomorrow. Check whether it is okay. Which day should we do the wedding? Which day is favorable to the marriage if we wed? Are you getting my point? So, it was next to this date. So, we now submit like four dates to the prophet. 1st of September, 8th of September, 15th of September, and under that date you choose. Some people have learned how to deceive the prophets. 
This is the number one deceiver of the prophets. And they wanted to marry. He said, please, go to the prophet. Should I marry this man? What is his name? He said, his name is Banky. The prophet said, no. So he came back and said, all right, I found another man. His name is Daniel. The prophet said, yes. He said, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, the same person that is Daniel. <laughs> I'm not the one that did it to see him here. <laughs> now, what am I trying to emphasize here? That's just, that's what those prophets do. Okay, but Christian prophets, it started from Judaism like that. Their priests were primarily teaching priests. They were not supposed to help you decide who you married, who you did not marry. But from the beginning, they will tell you what God says about marriage. Be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. It's written in scriptures like that. They teach you. They explain the principles of God. So you know God before you get to the time of marriage. I hope you are getting my point here. Should I travel? Shouldn't I travel? They don't say, should I travel? You know the question they ask you, do you have somewhere to go? Is there a curfew? If there's not, so why are you not traveling? I want to know whether God says I should travel or God says I should, not tra- I should not travel. A prophet automatically knows one thing. That what did God not say to you, I will be with you in your going out and in your coming in. That's what he tells you. Should you travel? Say, I have only one word. The Lord will be with you in your going out and in your coming in. That's all I have to say. Where you are going, what are you going to look for there? So we're about to arrange to defraud one man. Say, go. You will go and die there. <laughs> are you getting my point? If you say, what are you going to do? I want to go and visit my son. He's visiting, visiting weekend and he's in boarding house. The prophet will not, a Christian prophet will not tell you, let me go and pray whether God wants you to travel or not. He will just say, oh, it is well with you. Go safely. You will return safely in the name of Jesus. It activates a word that God has already given. That's a Christian prophet. On a daily basis, what he's doing is teaching the word of God how to live normally to the people of God. It is not Christianity. Or it is the earliest form of babyhood, childish... Which other word? Now you're talking about fruit that never ripe. It's big, but never ripe. But this one never even big. It's microscopic. It's, It's still a cotyledon. Is my biology correct? I don't know again. That one in which, you know, some prof- pastors actually sit down expecting every church member to come and obtain permission from them before they do anything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is idolatry. It's cultism. It's not Christianity. Can I just say something? If you're a pastor, don't try it. You won't live very long. Yeah, or oh, the burden of the people will kill you. Go and ask me the, uh, what they call Jethro. Jethro came, looked at Moses, said, Babao. I can see ministry is very busy. You will soon die. He said, the thing you are doing is not good. He made it clear. People cannot come to you to obtain instructions on everything. Say, good morning, sir. A man of God, we bought rice yesterday. Should we open the bag? (laughs) (laughs) And if you catch man of God when when he's broke. (laughs) So... The Lord said, I should ask you, what's it, how many kg? <laughs> said 50 kg. And you bought it yesterday. You bought it yesterday. Your spirit did not, it's in his mind, your spirit did not tell you to buy 25 kg times two. You just look and say, look, well, I perceive my spirit. Your enemies don't want you to eat rice. So we'll sanctify that bag. 
How do we do it? Share it into four. Bring 12.5 kg for prayer. You know the funny thing I've also came with it? Many Christians. <laughs> of course, they would, you came in the first place to ask whether you should open a bag of rice. Ah. Honestly, that is idolatry. That's what we are practicing. It's idolatry. Christians do it. And guess what? <laughs> a lot of people like it. They like a church where the pastor will approve everything they want to do. You know, if it makes them feel safe. It makes them feel very safe. But let me just tell you in simple terms. You are not safe. You are not. What God expects as a believer in Christ Jesus, you have spiritual common sense to make common decisions. Why should it be that is a pastor that will decide the school your children will go to? Honestly. I, I think many of us have serious problems. Our problem passed the one we would talk about. Where are the problem with Nigeria? I hope you understand my point. No, when you have adults who have children, and it's the pastor that will decide the school the child will go to. Write the name of three schools. Pastor, please. My son is supposed to go to secondary school. Which one do you think is the will of God? You know, if you come and ask me that, anyway, I like Okemute. I like Pastor Okemute. If you come and ask him that kind of question, you know how he, what he does? I mean, I've done it to you too. Maybe that's how you got here. He will tell you there's no problem. You will come to Bible study twice a week for six months. Then I will tell you which school your child will go to. You know what he's telling you in effect? What you need is to be built up on the word of God. Then you can make the decision. No prophet has been ordained by God to be letting helping you to decide which, which school your child will go to. That's not the job of Christian prophets. So. And I'm sure some of you don't like, well, you're not, you're, you're not like that here. Because those, if people have encountered me, I don't do such things, so they've left. You can't hang around me for long. I won't do it. I won't do it. Just by the way, some people are wondering, there's nothing wrong with asking for godly counsel. No, nothing wrong with asking for what? Godly counsel. Godly counsel teaches you precepts, principles. You get confused on principle. Like the young man who called you the other day. You understand? Look at the issue. I'm having an issue here of conscience. I'm supposed to do this. They say I must pay this amount of money, and I think it's a bribe. Pastor, what do you think? It's not should I pay or not pay. It's more like, look at the situation. What is the mind of God concerning this kind of situation? My spirit is unsettled. I feel it's participating in bribery and corruption. And we're another institution to get and say, oh, yes, indeed. This is pure bribery and corruption. You already have the answer. You just were not sure whether this is bribery and corruption or it is not. Because there's a difference between bribery and corruption and extortion. You know, if, if, a, if a man puts a gun to your head, that's extortion. You won't call me and say, Pastor, there's a gun to my head. They say I should bring my money. Should I give them? <laughs> I'll just ask you. You know what I'll answer if you ask me that kind of thing? That I have two answers, depending on my mood. i give you one of the two. The first answer is, be it unto you according to your faith. The second answer is, give them the money we'll talk after. Because for you to be calling me, I know your level of faith. There's nothing wrong with asking for what? Godly counsel. But... Of course, you know that's not what I'm talking about. What people do is they want their lives run by prophets. That's not Christianity. That is not Christianity. I said Jesus is not like other gods. Jesus doesn't just solve problems. He doesn't just answer questions. Should I go to the left or go to the right? He teaches. So you see all the disciples of Jesus, like you were praying earlier, Pastor Kimote, you were explaining. The people came up to the mountain to come and hear him. Most of what Jesus did, it was not miracles. Most of what he did was not raising the dead, healing the sick. Most of what he did was teaching. 
90% of the work, more than 90, I just said 90 to make it easy, 90% of the work he did was teaching. 90% it was teaching. That is why if you are running after miracles, you are not a Christian. A true Christian runs after instruction. A true Christian is running after the instructions of the Lord Jesus. Because that's the main thing Jesus is doing. I mean, it's like you find it. Somebody said, I'm a student at the University of Nigeria. Where do you find him? You find him in the school chapel. You find him where? Campus fellowship. You find him in the school cafeteria. You find him in the sports, the, in, in the, what do you call it? On the food, on the school football field. Is that a student? Ah, no, but you say he's not a student. You say he's not a student of, you say he's not a student at the University of Nigeria, Nugo campus. He is now. Ah, think about it. He's in the, School chapel. He has joined the school fellowship. He's in school cafeteria eating. Oh, sorry, I forgot. He lives in the student hostel. Let me not forget that part. And you find a football field. Okay, let's let's say, why are you saying he's not a student? Because all of these things, they are not the primary things that the school is about. If you want to know whether he's a student, we'll ask him, which faculty are you in? What is your department? What level? Then we'll go to the class. We won't go to the fellowship. We won't go to the hostel. We won't go to the church. We won't go to the bucatilla. We won't go to the football field. We'll go to the class and ask the HOD, ask the lecturers, this boy, does he come here? Where's his name on the register? Then the day of exam will come and wait. Does he have the result? Where's the result for the first semester? You know, when my son was matriculating, the, the, the HOD called all the parents to please come. And we sat down and he begged them. He said, please, once in a while, come to our faculty and ask for your, your, your son's results by yourself. He said, please, don't just give them, these children to us and then walk away. He said, if you want my number, I give you. Call me once in a while. And say, please, how is my son Okemo to Israel? <laughs> how did he do last exam? Why? He said, because they've had they've seen it again and again. Parents that show up four years after their child has been withdrawn from the faculty. Yes, and the children keep on collecting school fees. Allowance. They keep on leaving the house. They want the something, somebody sneaks something to them or something just didn't tie. Then you see a father walks in and says, please, please, it's about my son. Say, which of your sons? They give his name. They, they ask questions, ask questions, start checking register. Ah, okay, it's true. He was in this faculty. But we withdrew him like four years ago. Some they didn't withdraw him. They got the admission. They just, after, after the matriculation, they, don't, they didn't come back. They disappeared somewhere else. They just disappeared, went somewhere else. That's why the man said, please, I know you trust your children. He said, but please help us to help you. Come once in a while. Give us a call. Thank God he knows, he knows me personally. So he told my son. He said, I just want to say in front of your father that I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, very good. He said, if I see you in company you're not supposed to be in, I will call your father. He said, he said in front of him, I want you to know that I'm watching you. I said, thank you, sir. Watch him very well. Do you want a microscope? I give it to him. <laughs> Now, I've said all of this to so let us know who is a true Christian. A true Christian is not the one who dances. It's not the one that believes in miracles. It's not the one that's in every prayer meeting. It's not the one that sows the seed. No. It's not the one that the name is on the tight record. More than 90% of the ministry of Jesus was what? Teaching. A true Christian is a disciple. That is somebody who is always learning, always learning, always learning, 
always learning. That's a true Christian. That is a true Christian. One who is always learning. Not the one that's always praying. Not the one that's always receiving miracles. Not the one that's always sowing the seed so that it can be multiplied back to him. No. He's the one that's always what? Learning. Because that's what the main thing Jesus did. African gods don't teach anybody anything. Their prophets prescribe sacrifices. Their prophets find who stole your thing. They are diviners. They are, thank you. They are soothsayers. They speak to the dead. They show you how to multiply your money. That's what their prophets do. They don't sit down and teach. Those that spoke for African gods, that's what they did. They were not people that made demand on righteousness. But in Israel, they had what they called teaching priests. And once they backslid, one of the first things they threw away was the ministry of the teaching priest. They start having people who just offer sacrifices. Offer sacrifices every day. That's why God said that, I've had enough. I've had enough of your sacrifices. I'm full of them. They had a lot of habits. Some of them good. They came to Ezekiel. They came and said, should we continue to fast so so and so day and so so and so and so day? Ezekiel said, okay, when you fasted, how did it affect your life? They were not people that came looking for instructions every day. So I said, that was yesterday my wife and I were discussing about it. I said, that is the difference between Christ and other gods. Not only does he instruct in matters of righteousness, he makes demands concerning righteousness. When you have problems, he never sits down and starts checking who your neighbor is. No, Christ doesn't do that. If you have issues, he doesn't check who's your neighbor. Do they like you? Is there Holy Ghost fire on their head? Are they going to die by fire? Let me say it to you again. You are going to have serious problems in life. You will have serious problems in life if you continue to pray those useless prayers. All my enemies die by fire. It's an ungodly prayer. She now I've said it many times. Now I was on radio yesterday. <laughs> We were talking about that witchcraft. So people say they tell you that your, your, your mother is a witch. I said, number one, your mother is not a witch. You know, and, you know, Easy was reading on the comments on Facebook. So I'm saying, no, no, one pastor called the evangelist. He said, some mothers are witches. I said, how come it's mothers? Why not some girls are witches? Why not some women are witches? I don't know whether you get my point. Why are you targeting mothers? And I've never seen a rich mother that's a witch. It's all, all the, yeah, most of the rich mothers are never witches. Ah, when you are going to drop something, that can't be a witch. <laughs> okay, you are a witch, we forgive you. We forgive you. Is the mothers you are supposed to help that are the witches? Is the mothers that visit you and stay in your house for two weeks, three weeks, one more? That's the one that's a witch. Is the mother you are supposed to send money to periodically that's the witch? If your mother bought you a car for your last birthday, how can she be a witch? Ah, think about it. Oh, it's my daughter-in-law's birthday. Oh, I have this new, I just had this uh, Hyundai Excel I just bought. I'm not using it. Okay, my my, my daughter-in-law, just take it as your birthday present. She can't be a witch. (laughs) Jesus knew you're not a witch. Say, mommy, I heard you're a witch, but we're praying for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Is it not true? (laughs) What am I trying to explain? Look, forget all of it. People now hide behind somebody's a witch to, you know, is their personal problem. So that when I told that evangelist yesterday, I said, man of God, first, let's get it right. Most of these mothers are not witches. After it was a prophet that told you that your mother is a witch. He didn't catch her in the coven. 
It's a, it's a prophet that said it. I said to him, but my most important message is not about who's a witch, who's not a witch. It is why should witchcraft affect you in the first place? Why should witchcraft affect you at all? If your God was with you, why is he so powerless against common witches? And if he's not with you, why? Ask yourself that question. If your God was with you, why is he so powerless against the witches? Why has he donated you to witchcraft pot? And if you say he's not with you, the question is, what did you do to him? Like I said, the evangelist already you. I said, that is my issue. I am saying that any child of God walking with the Lord is 100% immune to the machinations of these witches. Words which I only use when I'm preaching. Which my children only hear it from my mouth when they come here. Once we enter the house, never shows up in the prayer. Their mother doesn't pray with them and say, today, no witch will get you. When, are they looking for us? They've never heard it. Not if they hear me use the word witch, is when I'm preaching. Once we get home, they don't hear it. The only witches my children know, they know some witches. Oh. Those witches are those ones that are in cartoon. You know them? There are some children's cartoon that somebody is in, a, and you see them in a school of witchcraft. They are teaching themselves good magic, but so there will be one girl there that's wicked, so she'll be disappearing people's things with her magic wand. And there will be a nice girl who keeps reappearing people's things with that. That's all my children. They, my children think witches are they are cartoon characters. Why? We don't discuss that at home at all. So I said to the evangelist, I said, okay, my doctrine is that a true believer walking with Christ is immune. He has, she has more power than the mother that's a witch. And like I always say, this is not a joke. I say this, I'm serious about it. If your mother is really a witch, give her money. I prophesy to you, if she dare spend the money, her witching power has been neutralized. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen now. Amen. I'm serious about that. Though. I say, ah, no, if you carry your money to the coven, then you stole it. <laughs> yeah, that is, if that thing affects you, you, you too, you stole that money. Take legitimate money, legitimate money you did not steal. Take from your salary. Stop stealing anyway. These <laughs> <laughs> people's iniquities that make them subject to this match. They should not be rebuking witches. I just you know, I said, let me drop that briefly. Jesus is not like other gods. No. Other gods just they take sacrifices, tell you who's your problem, tell you what to offer, what not to offer, when to offer it. No, Jesus is not like that. Jesus teaches. He will tell you, you have heard, but I say unto you, if you are my disciple, your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees. Every day he continues what? Teaching. That's what Jesus does. That is what he does. So we were saying last time, the problem he has, where God has a lack of resources, is to find people who adhere to the teachings of the Lord Jesus continually. That's where he has a problem. To find people who adhere to the teachings of the Lord Jesus continually. Many people are there only when they have problems to solve. That is when they adhere to it. Why? Because they are seeing a pastor, he's telling them things, so they adhere to those instructions. They have the problem to solve. Once it is solved, you don't see them again. They are idolaters. They are not true believers. They are idolaters. They are not true believers. True believers don't, they are not just there to solve you know, problems. 
They are there to learn. They are there to conform their lives to the precepts of God. They are there to become like the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you solve it or not as a problem, they are constantly learning. And guess what? Problems disappear from their lives. They don't even know when. Let me say that again. That's the portion of disciples. Problems disappear from their lives. They don't know when. They just realize that, ah, wait to. Ah, I used to have this stomach trouble. I remember many years ago. Kai, I've not felt this thing in a long time. Did you pray about it? Well, I did sometime. I think it was last year in church. We were praying. We were just confessing the word of divine health. But I've not remembered it since that time. What happened? I don't even know. So the one brother told me, and he told me the story. Beautiful story. He said he believed that he wouldn't live beyond the age of 34. I think it was 34 he told me. Before that time, he used to have a feeling of somebody following him about. And then one day he gave his life to Christ. That's all he remembers. And then the feeling disappeared. He didn't pray about it. In fact, he did not even know it was a problem to pray about. The thing just left him alone. Why? His life had been snatched from the hands of the devil and was now kept with Christ in God. And on that, a few days to that, his 31st birthday, somebody fired at him. Close range. That is an arm robber high on drugs. They just blocked his car. He just jumped out, pointed a gun at him, and fired. You know, the Lord had redeemed him. The Lord had said, this man will not die. He didn't pray about this, I'm telling you. It's just that a few moments before then, he had raised the glass of his car. That just put the mechanism that raises the glass up and down in the pathway of the bullet. So the bullet jammed in that thing. And God caused the other man that witnessed it to see what was supposed to happen. But that one went to the police that I saw them kill the man. Because, you know, actually it was his own car they stole first. They abandoned his car with him inside and took this brother's car. So he went to report the matter to the police. So let's see what happened. They abandoned my car, killed the owner of the next car and took the car. And he was in the police at the same time. So he asked the guy what happened. The guy, I said, okay, I'm, I'm the driver of the car. He said, the guy says it's a lie. They killed you. <laughs> it, it became an argument. He, he described the situation, what happened, because he too happened to, at that time, to have come to be at the police station to report, because at that time, Anyway, let me summarize it. Even the thief that shot him apologized to him that, don't worry, you will find your car. And they took his car. So initially it was with them. They dropped him along the way. So he went to the police. So he and that guy were in the police station about the same time. So when he heard the man talking to the policeman, he said, what was that? He said, uh, oh, it was my car. It was me. That one says a lie. He said, the owner of that car, I saw them kill him. He said, it was me. What I believe is that God allowed him to see what was to be. I hope you are getting my point. And then delivered him. Listen, if your life is in Christ, you are safe. Oh. Just abide in him. You know, you know, Jesus used to say that thing. Abide in me. Abide in me. Abide. You know, people run away a lot. You know why? The devil will stay outside. Dollar, dollar. <laughs> That's it. They will look at Christ. Look. Say, Christ, I want to go and use myself. <laughs> Run out. Why? Dollar. I'm in Christ. I know, I know. Just confess. You won't stay out for long. I don't know why people trust the devil. Eve. Oh, poor Eve. Lack of experience. Have you ever gotten emails? Say, give us your... This we will not share with anybody. 
You know, you know, when you want to register on a website, you say, we just need your this. We, we promise you won't share with anybody. I say, I must be a fool to believe a computer. Do, do I know who programmed it? If I want to take my risk, I will take my risk. Don't come and promise me. I don't know you. Don't be on Facebook. They share with everybody. Google doesn't share with everybody. He shares with himself. And use that one to control your life. People just be believing strangers. Say, don't worry, don't worry. We're not going to harm you. Will you tell me if you're planning to harm me? Say, hello, I'm an Amrabah. I plan to shoot you. You know now. You want to trick me. The devil, that's why he went to Eve. You will not surely die. Eve said, are you sure? Am I dead? You know, certain. I've eaten it before. If I it's my menu, you know, ask my wife. The devil will still say, Come, I know you're in Christ. Don't worry. No, we're all in Christ. Just that we're not inside that right now. We went to. <laughs> and I raise it up. Visa, visa. Now we'll look at Jesus. Can I travel? Jesus said no. So, the time we say, Visa, do you want? Then they come out of Christ. Meanwhile, Jesus has been shouting, Abide in me. Abide in me. Satan knows that if we are in him, there is nothing he can do. He knows. He knows. You know, I've said it many times. I'll keep saying it. Satan doesn't have the kind of power people think he has. Don't ever forget, Satan's active, that is, inherent powers are limited to just three things. That is, inherent powers. Powers that God has given him and is his own all the time. They're just three. The power to tempt the power to deceive, the power to accuse. That's all. It's the power to tempt, the power to deceive, the power to accuse. Those first two are the ones he uses directly against you. He will come to you, your mother is a witch. That's all he can do. Why does he do that? He wants you to stop sending her money so that he can now kill you properly. After all, you're a wicked soul. In the market, nobody likes you. In your school, nobody likes you. In your office, you are, you are the enemy of everybody, which is why you have all the problems you have anyway. The only person that remembers you in prayer, the only person that ever mentions your name is in prayer, is that your mother. What will she do anyway? Nobody she born you. To your wicked head. What will she do? Monkey not fine, mama like him. That is the matter. You are spiritually not fine. You are wicked to every. You are very stingy. The only person you give money to, is small money, she's just managing it, is that woman. For that reason... Satan has been unable to finish you. So he said, how do I finish this guy? How do I finish this girl? He said, no problem. We'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of her prophets. In the mouth of his prophets. We'll say to him, your mother is a witch. And once they say it, you withdraw the little help you were sending to her again. Without deliberately, rea- that is, without realizing it, without being deliberate about it, she stops being an intercessor, she becomes an accuser. Before, she used to say, oh, God, help my son, oh, Philip. God, please, oh, as he's traveling, keep him. Don't let any evil come upon him. And God is hearing her. And this is when she wants to pray. She doesn't say that again. You know what she comes to do? She comes to report. She doesn't realize his accusation. She said, oh, I've not heard from Philip in three months. Normally, he buys my drug. Now, my blood sugar is out of control because he wouldn't send money. I don't know what I did to him, oh. Only God will judge. Is that not the death of Philip? No, after that, Philip is dead meat. Once she opens her mouth and says, only God will judge, that's it. She has stopped being an intercessor. 
She has now become what? An accuser. Please read my book, By Faith Acquire Life. I explain these things inside there. That is how Satan traps a lot of people. Deception. They are walking in deception every day. Deception. Let me tell you one of the ways you know you are walking in deception. You are never responsible for anything. somebody else's fault. It's not you. It's somebody else. Your business is not doing well. It's not your fault. It's your wife's mother. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's your sister. No. Your brother's wife. Ever since she visited that day and looked at you like this. You notice that she refused to eat. Oh, Satan. Wicked devil. Oh, God punish Satan. That is... Ah! See the way he deceives people, eh? Where's the story my wife told me the other day? Anyway, thank God, sir. I, know, I don't know why God didn't make me pastor of a church. I think I know one of the reasons. I said, this guy, pastor of a church. You? <laughs> you will be fighting people every day. Because there are testimonies I will not allow. I can't imagine how an adult will stand up in a Pentecostal church and say, our problems began when my husband went to their hometown and gave the aunties money. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So I, I told him not that time not to give them money. He gave them money. Since that time, our business didn't do well again. You know, there are things you shouldn't say. Even if they were true, you shouldn't be able to say them. It's like me coming now and say, ah, you see mud all over me. I'm, you, know, you know, this is a got in front of us. You know, that, they, you know put, put, put me inside. Come out, you know, dirt everywhere. Pastor, what happened? This one 10-year-old boy, he beat me. You, you know, you're going to wonder, like, did you say 10? Even if his father is a Shaolin master, I won't tell you. Shame. You know they call shame? <laughs> Even my wife self, with everything I tell her, that one, it will take like two weeks. <laughs> what happened? I got into a fight. That's all we are going to hear. <laughs> what happened? My opponent knocked me down. So in your mind, okay, Mike Tyson must have been your opponent. <laughs> but I won't be able to open my mouth and tell you, a 10-year-old beat me that badly. What am I trying to say? Even if it was true that I give money to my aunties and my business wrecked, shame would not let me say it. I'll be ashamed for Jesus. That Jesus, now wow, after you came and deceived us, that all powers in heaven and on earth belongs unto you. I, we for, you forgot to tell us apart from the one in Africa. <laughs> I was, because it has to be that all powers in heaven above Israel and on earth in Israel has been given to you. The one in Africa is still with the witches in our village. It's in the court of my aunties. Shame will not let me see. After I gave my aunties money, my business went down as in a spiritual transaction. By saying that, I have declared that all powers in heaven and on earth do not belong to my Jesus. Some of it were left. After he died, he forgot there's one part of his toe did not die. So that one retained the power for the African witches. Because if the Jesus actually died totally and rose up totally, indeed, like he declared to the disciples, all powers in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Then the witches in my hometown can't have any with them. How can I therefore give them money? And they will not take my money to the shrine. In case you are a witch are listening to this, I hope maybe God brought you here to come and hear this. Take my money to the shrine. It is called a Trojan that this is a Greek gift. It's a Trojan horse gift. You know, there's, there's, there's something inside. Just know it's the end of your shrine. I said boldly, any witch that spends your money has lost the power to fly. Don't be afraid. 
I can't even be afraid of them. The Lord is good. How am I saying, Lord, this is today? I never even, in fact, okay, what I wanted to preach today, we'll do that one next time. True. Let us do our faith. I've spoken enough. I, 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 I was just trying to revive faithfulness. That's how God's talking. Let's ask Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. We have a few minutes. Let's close. We have a few minutes. Let's close. Let's close. Oh, the Lord is good. If you are an overcomer in Christ, can you give me an amen? Amen. If Jesus died totally for you, give me an amen. Amen. If he rose up completely for you, give me an amen. Amen. If you believe that every power on earth, every power in heaven has been given to him by God the Father, give me an amen. Amen. If you believe that he did not leave anyone, none at all, in the power of those so-called witches and occultists, give me an amen. Amen. If you really believe, begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. Give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you because you have delivered me. Thank you because you have delivered me. Thank you because you died for me, Jesus. Thank you because you rose again from the dead. Thank you because my life is now hidden in God. Thank you because my life is hidden with you in God. Thank you, Lord, because I'm seated with you in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Thank you that I'm seated above every name that is named. Thank you that I'm seated with you. Thank you that freedom is my portion. Thank you because my sins have been forgiven. Very importantly, say thank you because my sins have been forgiven. Thank you that I now walk in righteousness. Thank you that I walk in holiness of truth. Thank you because I live for Christ. Thank you I live for God. Thank you that grace to walk in the righteousness of God is in my life. Thank you that sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Begin to give a lot of thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Sin shall not have dominion over me. 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 I have the righteousness of God. I have the righteousness of God. I have the righteousness of God. I have been washed clean. I am pure. I have been washed clean. I am pure. Satan has nothing to hold in my life. Say that. Satan has nothing to hold. Satan has nothing to hold. My life is hid with Christ in God. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. We are in the Father. Say it, I am in the Father. Just like Jesus is in the Father. I am united with God the Father. I am united with God the Father. I am united with Christ Jesus. I am united with God the Father. I am united with heavenly power. I am united with heavenly authority. I am united with Christ. And therefore I am above the devil. He cannot hold me. I am above the devil. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Lust will not have dominion over me. Covetousness will not have dominion over me. Anger will not have dominion over me. Unforgiveness will not have dominion over me. I have been set free in Christ Jesus. Say that. I have been set free in Christ Jesus. I have the righteousness of God. I have the holiness of truth. Because Jesus gave it to me. Because Jesus gave it to me. Declare I am a disciple. Declare I am a disciple. Declare I am a disciple. I am a student of the word. I am a student of the word. I am being trained. I am being trained. I am becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. By virtue of the training, I am taking his yoke upon me. Say it. I am taking his yoke upon me in the name of Jesus. I lay down my own thoughts. I lay down my own life. I lay down my own ambitions. I lay down my own ideas. I take on the thoughts of God. I take on the thoughts of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take on the ideas of God. I take on his will for my life. I take on his plan for my life. I walk in him. 
I abide in him. His words abide in me. I declare in the name of Jesus that the word of God abides in me. I am not walking according to the word of this world. I'm walking according to the word of God. I'm walking according to the plan of God. I'm not walking the plan of the devil. I'm not walking the plan of Satan. I'm walking in the plan of God. Give the Lord thanks for that. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ. Now there's something I just remembered, and I just feel like reminding us of it again. There's a story I've told so many times. Uh, the man, Derek Prince, was is a man. I, I mean, he was a preacher, a man who I have so much respect for his teachings. Uh, and one day he was conducting a deliverance on a girl that had a familiar spirit, just like Paul did the same thing in the book of Acts when he cast out a demon from that girl that had this python spirit. The Bible says, same situation. This time around, this girl had a vision, and the girl said, "I saw, I see in a car that was wrecked around a tree." implying that the man died in a car accident. And the man said very calmly. That's what impressed me about it, very, very calmly. If it's many of us, you know what will happen? We'll start praying. We'll start rejecting it. We'll start binding. We'll start casting every power, trying to kill me in my car, around the tree, die by fire, in the name of Jesus. It's fear, fear, prayers of fear. Thank God for his mercy. He still answers it anyway, but thank God for his mercy. The man answered very calmly. He said to her, that is the devil's plan. Because she actually had a vision. He said to her calmly, that is the devil's plan. And I don't walk in the devil's plan. Say to God today, I don't walk in the devil's plan. Use your own mouth. Say, I don't walk in the devil's plan. I don't walk in premature death. I don't walk in sickness. I don't walk in poverty. I don't walk in lack. I don't walk in sin. I don't walk in unforgiveness. I don't walk in the trouble of the enemy. I don't walk according to the ways of this world. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I walk in the plan of God. The devil has his plan for me. I don't walk in his plan. People may see visions. I don't walk in their plan. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I don't walk in the devil's plan. In the name of Jesus, I declare that I don't walk in the devil's plan. I walk in the plan of God for my life. Before I was born, he knew me. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, he consecrated me for a purpose. I walk in that purpose. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I walk in that purpose. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I walk in that purpose that God created me to walk in. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I walk in the plan that Jesus has brought me into. The plan of the Father. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I don't walk in the devil's plan. I don't walk in the devil's plan. Say, Jesus, I thank you because you have brought me into the plan of God for my life. Jesus, I thank you because you have brought me into the plan of God for my life. You have taken me out of this world out of the domain of darkness, out of the place where the devil rules. You have brought me into the plan of God the Father. And he said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. I know the plan I have for you. Plans for good, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. I don't walk in the devil's plan. Say to the devil, I have been delivered from your hands. I have been delivered from your hands, Satan. I have been put in the center of the plan of God by Christ Jesus. I am now in the kingdom of light. I am no longer in the kingdom of darkness. I am now in the kingdom of light. I am no longer in the kingdom of darkness. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. I feel like emphasizing to somebody again. You know what Satan uses to hold people? It's called sin. That's all. You know how Jesus delivers people? Forgiveness of sin and power to walk in righteousness. 
He said grace and truth were realized through Jesus. Grace is the ability to walk in the righteousness of God. Jesus shed his blood to forgive you and me of our sins. And what Satan tries to do is to pretend to people. You remember I said the power he has is what? Deception. One of the powers he has. One of them is temptation. But deception. You come and tell a child of God that you have not been forgiven. A preacher came to town. said, today you will give an offering for the sin of three different generations. Of three generations. An offering for your sin. That of your father. And that of your grandfather. You know, there are things you respond to. God has to punish you. That's not supposed to be like an insult. He will flog you. There's no way. He won't let you go free. So, I have not forgiven you. You now took my money to go and offer for your sin. Are you okay? I said, one of my friends one day, he was a pastor. Before he became a pastor, he went and joined one of these pastors. They began to pray for him. To deliver him from all the spirits on the road to where he's doing his business. When he finished praying, my wife was there that day. We had a good life. He was the one telling us. When they finished praying, he said, I was sick for one week. He said, man of God, I thought I was going to die. I did him toying. I said, good for you. Next time you go and learn the serious prayers to pray. There's, I'm serious about it. We insult Jesus a lot. The preacher comes and says, give an offering for the redemption of your sin. And you get up from that seat. One day, somebody you know, were in church somewhere. My children were there. They were not doing a redemption of, of, of your seed. My wife just looked, saw my children being headed to the front. Pull any heads, man. They were heading my children to the front with other children. Oh, thank God for the wife I married. She dived. Come on, give me my children. Redeem who? Come on, if you can't sit down. I'll be redeeming Christ Jesus. Sit down there. There are things you don't tolerate. Satan will be whispering to people, You have not been forgiven. This is my message for you this evening. You have been forgiven. Amen. You have been washed. Amen. No matter the sin, you have been forgiven. Amen. No matter the sin, you have been forgiven. Amen. You have been forgiven. Amen. By the power of the blood of Jesus, you have been forgiven. Amen. Now open your mouth and begin to give the Lord and say, Jesus, I thank you because I've been forgiven. Thank you because my sins have been washed away. That is what Satan uses to hold people. Say, Jesus, no matter what it is, my sins have been washed away. And the consequences thereof, ah, and the consequences thereof, my sins have been washed away. And the consequences thereof, say, Lord, thank you. My sins have been washed away. You have delivered me from presumptuous sins and errors I do not understand. By the power of the shed blood of Jesus, my sins have been washed away. Now I have the power for holiness. Confess that. Say, Lord, I have the power for holiness. I have the power for righteousness. I have the power for holiness. I have the power for righteousness. I have the power for holiness. I have the power for righteousness. My sins have been forgiven. Sin will not have dominion over me. Thank you, Jesus, because you have set me free. Thank you, Jesus, because the stain of sin has been removed. Thank you, Jesus, because I have been cleansed. I have been washed. Thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you that that blood was shed for me. I know even if I was the only sinner on this earth, you will still have shed that blood. Thank you, because the blood has redeemed me. Thank you, because I have believed in the cleansing power of that blood. Thank you, because the perfect sacrifice has been offered. Thank you, because the wrath of the Father has been appeased. Thank you, because the Father has been accepted the sacrifice, and He looks unto me with favor. He looks unto me with love. Oh, He says, I see the blood. I see the blood. I don't see the sin. The Father says, I see the blood. 
I don't see the sin. What I see is the blood. Say, Lord, I thank you. Give God thanks. Give God thanks like you are happy. Give God thanks like you appreciate it. Give Jesus thanks for taking time to offer this sacrifice for you. Give him thanks. Just give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. Give him thanks. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Say after me, say in the name of Jesus. I have been redeemed from sin. I have been redeemed from the bondage to the devil. I have been redeemed from this world. Say, all things have passed away. Now I live for Christ Jesus. Sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Say it again. Sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Say, my life is hidden with Christ in God. Say it again. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I walk in righteousness. I walk in holiness. I walk in the will of God. I walk in the plan of God. Say the devil can't do anything to me. His agents can't do anything to me. Say sickness has been washed away from my life. By the same powerful blood of Jesus. Say poverty has been washed away. Failure has been washed away. Fear has been washed away. Confusion has been washed away. Lack of direction has been washed away. Sorrow has been washed away. Depression has been washed away. Depression has been washed away. Unholiness has been washed away. Unrighteousness has been washed away. Ungodliness has been washed away. Said every deed of the flesh, I cast away out of my life. Every deed of the flesh, I cast them away out of my life. I don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. I walk in the spirit. Said I walk in the spirit by the power of the spirit. I walk in the spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit. I represent Jesus everywhere I go. I have the power to do it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it. I'm led by the Spirit and I'm not under the law. Immorality has been put away from my life. Impurity, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, factions, envy, drunkenness, all works of the flesh, they've been washed away from my life. I put them away from my life. They will not have dominion over me. I walk in the spirit. I sow into the spirit. I abide in Christ. I abide in his word. His word abides in me. And the word bears fruit. And the fruit is in my life. I have the fruit of love. I have the fruit of joy. I have peace. I have patience. I have goodness. I have faithfulness. I have gentleness. I have self-control. Say it again. I have self-control. I have crucified the flesh 
with all his passions and desires. Because I belong to Christ Jesus. Give the Lord thanks for the power for these things. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Lord, I give you thanks. I give you thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Because you have filled us with joy. You've filled us with thanksgiving. We give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel like saying it again. Fear has been removed from your life. Amen. Fear of death. Jesus died to remove it. Amen. You are free from the fear of death. Amen. You are free from the fear of tomorrow. Amen. There's nothing to be afraid of. Don't let people lie to you. Nigeria, Nigeria. Don't worry. That will happen. Election is coming. It will come and it will go. Amen. I like this expression in the Bible. It came to pass. You know what it means? When the car comes near, it's passing. <laughs> it will come to pass, Amen. but you will remain in health. Amen. It will come to pass. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that as a normal English. I'm saying it at the application. It will come and it will pass. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But peace will be our portion. Amen. Peace will be your portion. Amen. Prosperity will dwell in your house. Amen. Safety is all around you. Amen. The angels of God, they will keep you. Amen. According to the instructions of God, Amen. they will keep you. Amen. They will deliver you. No evil shall befall you. Amen. I say no evil will befall you. Amen. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. I say it again. Fear has been banished out of your life. Amen. Don't give room to fear. Don't give room to fear. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is good. Alright, so we are going to share the grace in fellowship kingdom world style. Page 11, bottom of that page. You see at the close of meetings, this is how we share the grace in unison. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now you are going to bless three people around you. Say this is your season. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. Two more people. Dominion and shining forth. One more person. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. Don't forget yourself ever. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. All right, cherub brethren, God bless you. See you on Saturday.